everyone. I'm Nikki Oganaki, Digital Director of Harper's Bazaar. And I'm her sister, veteran journalist Lolo Oganaike. And this is Well Suited, our fashion podcast that takes a fun and freewheeling deep dive into the minds of the most stylish people on the planet. We're talking about their fondest fashion memories, their personal style, and how they dress for life's most important moments. We're also chatting about their remarkable careers and their lives on the grand cultural stage. We have plenty of exciting guests coming this season, but we'd love to spend this episode speaking with each other about our style and the role that fashion plays in our lives. Yes, let's do this, sister. Let's do it. (laughs) So, you know, we like to start every episode of the podcast by asking who were your style inspirations growing up? So, Nicholas. Yes. Who was your style inspiration growing up? Who was my style inspiration growing up? You know, I look back on my fashion uh, now and I realize that I dress a lot like mom, <laughs> our mother, but uh, Elizabeth Oganaki, but with Woo, a- Shout uh, out to Liz. <laughs> shout out to mom, <laughs> um, but with a bit of a, a hype beast edge. So <laughs> it's a lot of striped shirts. It's always a trouser. Um, there's a boot, there's a low heel, but there's also like a, a hype beast sneaker always. I'm a, I'm a big, big sneaker head. So yeah, mom with the hype beast edge. Do you think mom even knows what a hype beast is? She does now. I hope she's listening. <laughs> she's like, what is a hype beast? A hype beast. Ah, she called me a hype beast. <laughs> me, a whole me, a hype beast. <laughs> Uh, mom a hype beast is a very good thing mom don't you worry it's a very very good thing lola who was your style inspiration growing up it's so funny because mom was also and remains my style muse so uh, she for me she's the one who first introduced me to my love of trench coats and you know that i have at least 10 in my closet right now so that was an early style inspiration she's also very into the color heather gray which is another one of my go-to colors mom uh, a love statement jewelry and you know mom had those big giant chanel earrings that she would wear she also loves a good sunglass and so statement sunglasses are my favorites yeah all roads all fashion roads lead to liz actually yep and she also taught me and taught us the importance of fabric oh yes like mom is very big on how something feels she does not like synthetic fabric she's not doing anything that's remotely flammable she wants silks and cottons and wool gabardine and like (laughs) and and cashmere wool gabardine suits (laughs) yes she likes cashmere she likes fabrics that are substantial um and, you know, I also love that she gets a thrill out of seeing dad dressed up, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, dad likes a nice like Armani suit mm-hmm. and a great loafer shine to perfection. Absolutely. And dad also likes things ironed to perfection. So, you know, everything, especially on Sundays when we were going to church, starched and pressed to perfection. So I guess, yes, the original style muse is mom and dad is a close second. He believes in looking good and smelling good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to choose, um, who would you say is currently the best dressed person in your life? Um, present company excluded. I mean, me, obviously. <laughs> obviously. But obviously. <laughs> I actually think you are currently the best dressed person in my life. Really? Yeah. I think you are. I'm like, <laughs> trying to rack my brain here. I mean, I know a lot of great people and I know a lot of people who dress extremely well. Um, my fashion designer friend, Keyboy Chase Marshall, is 
probably one of the best dressed people on the planet. My husband's also very debonair. Um, I got an adorable little son who's dressed by yours truly. So, you know, he's always fresh to death. But I think if I had to give the award to anyone, it would probably be you. I think what I love the most about your style is that you're willing to experiment, but you also know what silhouettes work for you. And so you're not going to veer too far from this script, but you are willing to veer from the script, which I like. Yeah. Because I'm not willing to veer from the script at all. <laughs> I'll try it. You know, I see so much in my life as a fashion editor and having been a fashion editor for the last like, you know, 10 plus years, you see so much that you're willing to give it a try. Like I'll, I will always try like one trend at least once. But I think in over 2020, you know, and having uh, just the time to really think about my closet and get rid of a lot of stuff, I've really pared down um, and honed in on what my what I want my style to be um, moving forward. What do you think that is? I mean, describe it in a sentence or two. What do you want your style to be going forward? I want it to be classic. I want there to, of course, still be color in it. I'm not a huge trend-based person anymore, I don't think. You know, I've found success in when it comes to my closets in trousers, jumpsuits, cardigans, I've recently decided I'm becoming a jewelry person and a watch person, and I'm finding a lot of success there as well. <laughs> oh, I know you're finding a lot of success there because we went to a place this weekend and there was a little red box involved in that place. Well, you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. <laughs> so yeah, you want to talk? You want to talk about that purchase? You know, I don't. But <laughs> okay, thank you. All right. <laughs> Why didn't you want to talk about that purchase? Well, what I will say is that I got a nice classic Cartier watch that I think will be with me for at least the next, you know, 20 to 30 years. And it's funny because I was going back and forth between two kinds of watches and I ended up choosing the Panthera watch. And now I'm seeing it everywhere and I'm seeing it on women's whose style I really respect. So somebody like Sofia Coppola loves a Panther watch, right? And it just like sits really well with me that she owns one and I feel like I made the right decision. You got Panther money now, girl. Look at you. No, it's, it's gone. gone. It's, the, the money's money gone. Is gone. <laughs> it's it's Wait, literally on Nikki, my wrist now. <laughs> where does the money reside, Nikki? On your wrist. <laughs> on my wrist. <laughs> where the money resides? Where the money resides? Where the money resides? Oh, Nikki's wrist. <laughs> so let's talk about your remarkable career in the fashion industry. You know I'm your biggest cheerleader and you know I could talk about how magnificent you are for days and days and days. But, you know, you've got a big old fancy job at Harper's Bazaar. You got Cartier money now. So I've heard. <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> so tell our listeners about your new gig. And when did you know that you wanted a career in fashion? Because I wasn't I mean, I've, you know, obviously been obsessed with media since I was a kid. And I know that you liked fashion, but I didn't know that you wanted to make fashion your life's work. I don't think I knew that I wanted to make it my life's work either. But I've always been interested in storytelling. I've always been interested in fashion. I read like Glamour and Seventeen and YM and Teen People growing up. So I knew I wanted to work in magazines, but I didn't know jobs like a market editor or a market director really existed. And then when, when I was growing up, my job actually didn't exist. Like there was no digital director. The, right. These places barely had websites, really. That's right. If you think about it, you know. That's true. No, you're right about that. I didn't. Yeah, there was a time when there was no digital. 
<laughs> right. It like didn't exist. And so I think now coming up and being sort of, um, you know, the person that oversees what goes up on the website daily and helps edit stories and concept big picture ideas and oversees, um, you know, our Instagram and our social media presence, all of those things. I just I didn't really know that that was an option, but I was always sort of willing to take that risk and always have had my arms open to what comes along. And I think that's how I've landed where I am now. You know, one of the things that I've enjoyed watching about your career is just how much fun it appears to be. And this is obviously New York Fashion Week. And I know pre-COVID, this would be a very, very big time for you. And you'd be figuring out not only what looks you would wear for New York Fashion Week, but essentially what looks you would wear around the globe because you would go to London and Paris and Milan and you'd essentially have to live out of the most fashionable suitcase for the better part of a month. Talk to me about what that period uh, in your life was like back then and what it's like now. I would say that when I started, actually when I started traveling for Fashion Month is when I had, when my style really coalesced and I had a, a an idea honestly of like what my true personal style was because I had to be comfortable repeating looks, repeating pieces, wearing things for the better part of a month honestly. Um and so I learned I learned that like I'm big into jewelry and jewelry can really make a look. So I've always had a giant like small travel case, a giant travel case of rings, earrings, necklaces to, you know, spice up a look. I always pack a great coats. If I'm traveling in February, coats have always been a huge part of my, um, the way I think about packing because basically that's all you see, you know, when we're getting in and out of cars, all you see is a coat. So the under, what's under the coat can be super simple, but like you have to have, you know, the, the best coat. Yes. Statement coat. I think one of the looks that I remember you rocking is um, it was a cape with your initials on it in a sort of like a burgundy oxblood color. Oh, and you yeah. had it with a sh- Yeah, that was a rag and bone. Yeah, so fabulous. And you had a was are those the Chanel boots that you had been coveting forever? <laughs> and you finally got them. I did. Yeah. And so that was a look that was actually like pretty simple when you think about it. So I had like a jean jacket and jeans, I had a like a Texas tuxedo basically on a denim top and bottom. And then I put the um, cape over it, but the cape was also something that I was able to travel with. And so it kept me warm on the plane. And then it was all about the the boots at the end of the, at the end of the day. And a pair of Chanel boots is a pair of Chanel boots, let's be honest here. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that will make the look, whether you're wearing sweatpants or jeans or a skirt or whatever it is. I actually want you to go put on some sweatpants now and put on those Chanel boots and let me see if that actually works. I mean, I do have a pair of Chanel boots I would work with, not gonna lie. <laughs> I love it. You are definitely partial to Chanel. Oh my goodness. I, You're... I mean, Lola, you also have a remarkable career. You have worked, you know, at the Daily News, CNN, New York Times, and you've been fortunate enough to meet a ton of celebrities throughout your career. Yeah. If you had to choose, though, who would you say is the best dressed celebrity that you've met? And what did they teach you about style? Oh my gosh. I don't even know how to answer this question because I've met so many different celebrities in so many different contexts, you know, meeting a celebrity for sit down interviews, different from meeting them on the red carpet is different from meeting them at the club 
dancing on a banquette. <laughs> remember though? Remember when we were in Jeffrey's? And do you I remember this story? Wait, is this the Kanye story? It is the Kanye story. <laughs> Wait, but it involved a pair of shoes, right? Yeah, that he told you not to get, and you got them anyway. And, and I never, never wore, wore them. them. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye was like, I don't, I don't like those shoes. And it was like, you stick to rap, Kanye. I'll stick to fashion. And he was right. <laughs> and little did we know that he would like come out with a full line. Oh, yeah. Revamp Kim Kardashian's entire style, like basically put leather joggers on the map. Like... He, yeah, and then uh, also um, launch a little footwear line called Yeezys. I mean. <laughs> now, had he had a pair of Yeezys with him instead of those shoes that I was about to purchase, I would have definitely swapped those out. <laughs> but yeah, I had written about Kanye for the cover of Rolling Stone magazine um, drop. And so then... <laughs> Casual. Casual. She's a writer, folks. She's and a writer. Um, she's a writer. She was a write or die chick. <laughs> And, um, you know, we ended up developing a rapport. And so, yeah, we ran into him at Jeffrey's and you and I were doing some power shopping that day. Sure. And he and because, you know, Kanye is a man of his opinions. He did not hold back how he felt about those shoes. And I I purchased them, I guess, a little bit out of spite. And I'm here to say that Kanye was right. OK, moving right along, <laughs> moving right along. Who was um, that? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say Cynthia Rebo last season at the SAG Awards on the red carpet wore this fuchsia and red Scaparelli dress that knocked me off of my feet. She walked on that red carpet and shut it down. And she's a little woman, but she's got big talent, obviously, and she loves a big dress. And she just owned that moment. And I loved 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 it again that's when we could be on red carpets without masks and be in each other's company so that moment is really special to me because i think that was uh i did the oscars after that and then a month later the world shut down so i always think about wow. cynthia and that dress because that was such a moment that was such a moment i know it's always nice for me you know i have to cover a lot of award shows in my job and i think it's always nice to me to see people who really enjoy fashion who really like wearing yes. clothes so somebody like cynthia revo or sarah paulson mm. um who else do we nicole, I mean, we nicole kidman in that gucci green sequin number fantastic Tracy yeah, Ellis Ross just, always brings it. Loves, loves fashion. fashion. Right. And she just seems like she's having so much fun with her clothing. And she's somebody that's always willing, try, willing to try something. Um, so, yeah, it's always just wonderful to see, you know, those women just have a blast with mm -hmm. their clothing. I like that. Whose style has blown you away recently? Because there's a woman right now who is giving me all of the feels when it comes to her fashion. Who? Okay, so she's not a traditional fashion person, but she's clearly someone who understands when you have to dress for a moment. Mm -hmm. Stacey Plaskett, the House of Representatives delegate from the Virgin Islands, who was at the, the manager at the Trump impeachment trial. With the cape. That blue dress, that body hugging, waist snatching caped dressed i mean she just came in there ready to handle her business 
but was truly dressed for the moment. I mean, she came in dressed like a superhero and I just, I couldn't get enough of her. I mean, she, again, brilliant woman, powerful presentation, politics aside, I just thought that what she did on that stage and really owning that moment and leaving this indelible fashion print on everyone's mind was incredible. And of course, social media blew up like, who is this woman? Tell us about this dress. I looked it up. It's a BGL dress. Okay. I know. Okay, Okay. BGL. Right? Good job. (laughs) And so, good job. But I, yeah, so I was just, again, that she, Stacey Plaskett, yes, hands down, phenomenal work at the impeachment trial. And just, you made your case and you've established yourself as one to watch fashion-wise. So kudos to her. Points were made. Points. Fashion points. Fashion points were made. (laughs) (laughs) Who's blowing me away? I mean, I think you look at people. I'm honestly, I'm impressed by anyone who has really just still gotten dressed and like really really dressed um during this time of quarantine <laughs> because every, everybody's in leggings and sweatpants everyone's in leggings and sweatpants but you still have you know tracy ellis ross who's serving like a balenciaga or going through her archives and you know popping and popping old photos on instagram um JLo is turning out Versace. She's giving you Chanel. She's giving you like influencer brands. Um, and she's been really, really, who's really fun to watch, I would say. Rihanna, of course, like whenever she graces us with her presence on Instagram is <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> chef's kiss to anything that Rihanna does. <laughs> yeah, that's my the chef's kiss. Absolutely. She got a chef's kiss uh-huh. from Nikki Oganike. That's a big deal, Rihanna. Sure is. Come through, girl. <laughs> um, what do you wear when you want to feel your most confident? I think I have a feeling that I know this answer, but tell me anyway. Um, it's definitely a blazer, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, I wear, I love a suit. Um, I think it really gets my head in the game. So it's like a blazer and trousers or like a proper suit. I have um, this Joseph Altazara suit, a checkered one that I've worn um, a few times in the past. That really just makes me feel really strong, I'd say. Um, and like a power. Is that the woman. one with the wide legs? Uh huh. Oh, yeah. That That's a good, a good one. one. Yeah, a Joseph Altazara blazer is just like, it's next level. He, his cuts are, I mean, they're just insane. He's such a talented, talented designer. But like, of course, a Chanel blazer. I think that that's a piece. I when I when Whenever I put on a Chanel blazer, and look, it's not like I have 12, I have like two, but whenever I put them on, <laughs> I feel like I have, it reminds me that I've, I've worked really hard and I've achieved, you know, a, an amount of success to be able to afford one or to buy one. I've hit a point in my life and my career where I can get one. And so it's definitely a piece that makes me feel good, both mentally and physically. I get that. I mean, you know, I don't feel fully dressed and ready for for war unless I'm wearing heels and the higher, the better. That's so crazy to me. I know because you don't believe in heels at all. No, I don't. I'll give you a nice like two to three inch heel, but you love a so Kate Louboutin. What's that? Five inches, six inches? Yeah, I do. I mean, 
I don't know if I'll be able to walk in them going forward because I haven't had to wear a so-kate in so long. I put on heels the other day and I looked like a baby giraffe. I was like, whoa, (laughs) what, what? My knees, I need some. Like, Meg- they're not built. No, I need some Megan Thee Stallion knees. I got like <laughs> my little pony knees right now. So I've got to get my my knee exercises up. But yes, pre-COVID, you know, I stayed in a heel because to me, that's when I feel fully pulled together. Like the look is not complete yeah. until I put on those heels. The heels are the exclamation point to my fashion sentence. Oh, that was cute. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, so Lola, I am not going to let you out of here without telling a very interesting, pivotal story in my life. Um, Your life or my life? In, in my life. Oh. So I remember moving to New York for my first internship in 2005. <laughs> this is a funny and, story. Okay, funny to who? <laughs> Okay. And so I moved to New York in 2005. Mm -hmm. You gave me a New York makeover that I will say left me, you know, uh, traumatized maybe is the word slightly, but was also very impactful on my career (laughs) and on my sense of style. I don't understand why you were traumatized though, because I mean, we'll tell the people what you did to me. Well, you tell them what I did to you since (laughs) since you were the one who's still working through something that happened more than 15 years ago. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) so I moved to New York with like bins and bins of clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had I was still at University of Virginia Mm -hmm. in college. Mm -hmm. And I had, I guess, just my college clothes. And you were like, no. Absolutely not. Um, it was a very Devil Wears Prada moment where you were like, nope, nope, not going to work out. But I remember that. So you replaced all of my clothing, basically. You were like, nope, these aren't going to do. But I will remember the pieces that you did give me to replace the things were a Ralph Lauren button down shirt, a pair of white jeans, and maybe like a statement necklace. And that taught me that. You don't have to be flashy with your clothing at all to be considered well-dressed. You just have to have like pieces that fit you well and are classic at the end of the day. So you're saying that you owe all of your style to me. That's what you're saying right now. Okay, I'm just making sure Um, that we have that on the record. You heard it here first, people. (laughs) I think that's a lie, but it was a nice building block, a nice foundation, right? (laughs) That was so funny. You really, you cry. And I made you cut your hair because you had these braids. And I was like, no, we're going to give you a short, chic look. You've got those eyes and those cheekbones. We're not going to hide all of that under those braids. So come on. And and then what happened? We went to a party a day later and all the boys was trying to holler at you. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Milkshake. Milkshake. There's a hot girl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a hot girl. Yeah. I do hot things. You did. You did a hot things with that look. That New York makeover was an announcement. Like, well, I have arrived. I have arrived. Yeah, I have arrived. Thank you. You're like (laughs) big apple Nikki in the house. (laughs) Oh, my God, I can't. Um, We love to talk about seminal style moments on this show. What was the one piece that you desperately had to have when you were a kid? You already know the piece that I had to have. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, you shocked me with that one. I had to have anything limited too. And this is a very like suburban, did you know, lim- do you know limited too? Like part of the limited family, limited stores? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Limited to like T-O-O. So that was the kids version. That was like, yeah. So it was the teen version of the limited. And the limited was where you would get like your body suits okay. and stuff. And like your like lady working pants. <laughs> but then they had. <laughs> I'm a working lady. I need a working lady pants. I'm working and a body suit. <laughs> and, like, a I've got to go from but day to night in a had... flash. But then they also had a teen version of it. And I remember desperately wanting a pair of wide leg jeans from Limited 2. But I think they were maybe like $75 or $80 or something for like a 14 year old, which is crazy. So I did not get them. But I think that now that's why I love like a wide leg pant now. That's why I love a wide leg jean. It's sort of like circled back into my um, my style because I can get it for myself. I love that. You know, I live for a wide leg as well. So what did you want? (laughs) I knew you were going to ask. I was going to try to move on to the next question, but (laughs) you're like, nope, not on my watch. Um, I was obsessed with Gerbo jeans and I had to have a pair of Gerbo jeans because I had convinced mom and dad to buy me a pair of Reebok classics because I was a huge sneakerhead. Um, back in the day. And so, but you can't just wear Reebok classics. You gotta, you gotta rock your Jerbos. And so I needed a full look. They got me those Jerbo jeans for my birthday. You couldn't tell me anything on Monday. I walked into Jeb Stewart High School it was like the floors are lighting up. Like I was Michael Jackson and Billie Jean. I was like, dun, 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 dun. Uh, 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 Jerbo. Jerbo. So funny now. I wish I had those jeans. What did they I, look like? Do you remember? They were dark indigo and they had Jerbo in the little zipper part. So it was subtle because, you know, guest jeans, which I also had, had the little thing on the back. Well, yeah. No John. wonder I didn't get limited to. You <laughs> took all the jeans money. <laughs> Listen, I shout out to Liz. Liz made sure her kids look good. True. And if you lobbied hard enough for a designer brand, she would acquiesce. But you had to lobby. Yes. You, she just wasn't going to roll them on and just buy you anything. You had to make a convincing case why you needed Gerbo jeans. And I made the case. That's so <laughs> funny. That's probably why we shop the way we shop now, because I have to make a convincing case to myself to get something. That's true. Like there's no really like impulse impulse. No, no, you don't. You don't play that at all. No, mm-hmm. you don't play that at all. I like to engage in a little bit of retail therapy every now and then. But um, mm-hmm. we don't have to talk about that either. We can talk about my Gerbo jeans. Uh, uh, or we can talk uh, about uh, the best style lesson that you've learned from me. I think you are more willing to spend money on classic pieces. I feel like the first gen daughter of immigrants in me is like, oh, I don't know if I can spend that much money on one thing. <laughs> and so it always, I always feel a level of nervousness, a slight bit of agita when I have to make a power purchase. Um, 
you and Dean, my mm-hmm. husband, are very comfortable in making power purchases, I'm always like, this is going to be the one that sends me to the poorhouse. I knew I shouldn't have purchased that Celine bag. And now look at me. <laughs> Tap dancing in Times Square for quarters because I... <laughs> But we're in a Celine but box we're in bag. A Celine bag. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you all, you will roll up in a place and power purchase and just like do it with such ease. I admire that about you too because I, it's never with ease for me. It's always like, you know what it is. The reason I shop that way is because I don't like buying the same thing over and over again. So I just want to get the one piece that I want and then I'm good. Like I could search for the, you know, the right watch that I think is going to satiate me, but it won't. It's sort of like when I think about drinking Diet Coke versus just having Coke, like just have the one Coke and then you'll be good instead of having the 10 Diet Cokes to fill that that, makes that sense, sort of actually. like craving. That makes sense. I like that. That's why that's the best piece of style advice. Also, I think you've taught me, and I've told you this before, but you've taught me to embrace my body. Um, I think I grew up at a time when curves weren't necessarily celebrated, but your generation is very into body positivity and very into the celebration of curves. So it's nice to to dress with that in mind, to not have not having to feel like you have to either hide certain parts of your body or play down certain parts of your body. I think that you're just you're like, this looks good on me. This complements my figure and I'm going to wear it. That, that that's Yeah. That. And even, you know, I think what has been great about watching generations come after me is that this idea of like what looks quote unquote good or what quote unquote complements my body doesn't even really exist for that generation. They're sort of just like, do I like it? I don't care if it's like too tight. Like who says that this is too tight on my body or who says that these, you know, like I shouldn't wear stripes because I'm plus size, whatever it may be. They they have a level of confidence that I really admire and has um, just watching that sort that generation has taught me to, to rethink the way that I view wearing certain pieces. Um, can we talk about the jumpsuit that you have on speaking of rethinking certain pieces, because that jumpsuit looks very familiar to me. And I'm well, I will always <laughs> think about stealing pieces from your closet. <laughs> Lola's closet is the best place to shop. <laughs> you should you should rethink that, though, because I've been looking um, for that jumpsuit for the past two weeks. And na- that, now you want to show up in this conversation with it on. And it's <laughs> well, I knew that you and I would be talking. Uh-huh. So I thought perhaps I should wear a piece that we both love. Oh, <laughs> this jumpsuit. <laughs> you did it for me. <laughs> I did it for you. you did it for me. Gosh, I did it for you, Joe. You know what? Not all superheroes wear capes, Nikki. <laughs> I know. They wear jumpsuits. <laughs> they wear jumpsuits. So that's my favorite jumpsuit right now waffles and cream straight from nigeria made in the motherland and you jacked it i did i did (laughs) yeah so you think i can get it back (laughs) no i don't (laughs) oh okay i have one more question for you lola though Um, wait is that a subject change yeah that's me moving on that's me (laughs) moving on quickly so (laughs) okay 
So you started, as I mentioned, you started your, you've worked everywhere. You've worked in um, newspapers. You started your career as a newspaper reporter. Um, did you care about clothes back then? You know, it's a sort of behind the scenes job. So did you care about clothes and fashion back then or did it evolve over time? I've always loved fashion, but when I was a newspaper reporter, I just really couldn't afford it. I was not making a lot of money. And, um, and so I spent, if I was going to spend, it was probably going to be vintage buys. But anyway, no, I couldn't really afford fashion when I was coming up. I was just trying to keep the lights on. And and so I would vintage shop, especially down on Canal Street. That was the place to be. And I'd hit up vintage shops in Chelsea, just trying to cobble together some looks. I mean, the great thing about back then is that you had so many great vintage shops in New York City. So you could really look cute and look chic on a budget. But um, I didn't really start focusing on the importance of fashion um, until I became more of a forward-facing public figure. And then I had to be really mindful of how I dressed. And you know this, depending on where I work, I sort of have a different wardrobe. So when I'm doing my CNN, MSNBC appearances, what I tend to wear really differs from what I would wear when I'm hosting my own show, my own digital series. So, you know, I, I, in my personal life, I'll rock a, a crop Levi rib cage fit and a cute statement blouse, but that's not really the vibe at CNN or MSNBC. So I've got to be a little more formal. Um, I've moved away from the anchor woman dresses because a certain someone Thank told me. Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what, Nikki? <laughs> Those dresses gave me agita. <laughs> Can't do it. But I do understand. I understand the thought. Why of, like, did you dressing... hate my anchor women dresses so much? I don't understand. They just didn't feel like you. <laughs> and I said it. OK, fine. <laughs> I get it. You made that abundantly clear. Then you try to light them on fire. <laughs> I didn't act, listen, I'm not a, what is it? What, no. A pyromaniac? I'm not that. No. I don't light things on fire. But I did not want literally. to get rid of all of them. Yes, you did. I wanted to get rid of all of them because I just didn't feel like you. But I think that you've, you've figured out how to do TV um, and make it still feel like your true personality. Yes. Which has been great for me to watch. <laughs> really great for me to watch <laughs> i'm gonna step out and go put on an anchor woman dress just for you oh my god and call <laughs> bye <laughs> okay before we go what's the one piece in your closet that means the most to you and why my jumpsuit <laughs> what i'm currently wearing um i think that any piece that was sort of beyond my wildest imagination means the most to me right now. So this watch that I just got means a lot. You know, the bags that I, I have mean a lot. But I also remember a leather jacket that I got at Armacord Vintage that I bought, I think it was like $250. And it, oh, I remember yes. being like, where am I going to find $250 like I need I need this jacket I, I still have it that. I still wear it I was it. there that day I remember um, that yeah but that was that's a piece I think that really means a lot to me because it just it reminds me of how far I've come um you know my piece is the dress that mom wore to this country it was a dashiki dress 
Is that back in your closet? Yes, it is in my closet. Interesting. That was in my closet for a while. Huh. <laughs> Wonder okay. how that happened. Well, thank you guys for thank you guys for joining us. Uh, that concludes. Why does why did okay? Why does that dress mean so much to you? I, can you believe this? What? You're not the only fashion thief in the family. Um, why does it mean so much to you? Because to me, first of all, it's incredibly chic it has stood the test of time i mean the dress is more than 40 years old at this point um i love seeing pictures of mom in that dress she had a full fro the dress is a mini dress she was serving like so much leg with a beautiful stacked cork heel she just it was just the height of 70s glamour and i love that i still have it and i can still wear it because you can Oh, yes, I can, girl. I love that. I still can. And you and I love that you can style it. Like, will I put my legs out? No, because, you know, I don't believe in showing my legs. And that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but will I wear it with a cute crop jean and a little slim belt? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Lola. That was fun. Did that suit you well? I feel well suited <laughs> and so happy to be here and so excited for future episodes. I know. I I cannot wait for our listeners to hear all the people that we're speaking with. It's going to be so good. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Hosted by Nikki and Lola Ogunaki, this special episode of Well Suited has been brought to you by New York Fashion Week The Shows, Endeavor Content, and IMG Fashion Events.